Good morning, one and all! <laughs> Welcome once again to the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony! <laughs> I don't know how they do that without breathing. I don't know how I can say welcome without a top hat. <laughs> it's uh, it's the Ramp Dude. Check Podcast. Tony Rumfollow. Aaron Rumfollow. And you know me, Ryan Rumfollow. <laughs> it's like we're all full of energy and Ryan's over here just chill. <clears throat> I got a Coca-Cola this morning. <laughs> I don't drink a rock star like you, brother. Well, because I am a rock star. Yeah, I'm a recovering rock star. <laughs> yeah, recovery. What are you recovering from? Um, the 80s? <laughs> Just <Okay>. kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was born in 80s, so I don't know if I had anything to recover from. Yeah, I was underage. I got to experience the 80s. In their heyday. So, okay, so picture this. I know it's a Ramp Check podcast. We're going to get to aviation oh, stuff here in a we minute. Go. But here yes. we go. Here we get on these little go. tangents. Um, so picture your big brother dressed um, in uh, white parachute pants. Um, with <laughs> I didn't a, know he was an MC Hammer. With a white, um, with a big white shirt that says, Frankie say no more you know from frankie goes to hollywood and then big bangs hanging down over my face eyeliner (laughs) and earrings nice white parachute pants huh you didn't ever have an accident in those did you (laughs) well the funny thing is with parachute pants if i ever fell it slowed the fall (laughs) oh my god and that's how we segue into aviation so hence recovering from the 80s (laughs) good morning everybody because yes it is morning so we're super excited the uh the air show is coming up here um oh, we're in, about 10 in, days away right yeah, in, here in utah hill air force base yep. up in Layton, utah we're excited about thunderbirds that. will be performing along with a lot of other cool stuff hill air force base of course one of the first uh um operational bases for the um f-35, the F-35 so lightning duh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it's the um, the base where they're actually um, active Based. combat. <laughs> well, no, because they've been training down at Luke Air Force Base and I know, was in I Florida know. at Eglin Air Force Base. But they're operational, right? Yeah, they're yeah. Op- operational. The first operational uh, F thirty five combat. Oh, that's squadron. cool. Because yeah. I remember Hill. It always seems like. Every four to eight years, there's talk about uh, one of the uh, presidents shutting it down, and then it always makes it through, and the job survives. So I'm glad to see it. Yeah, it's I know. usually it, it was a big time base, right? Actually. Yeah. It, it's it's well, it's like you say about every four or eight years, it's because when all the liberocrats are in the office. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> we don't want to get going on that, do we? No, it's pretty. It's pretty obvious. Well, here's, we're pro military, and absolutely, it's yeah. you know, it definitely seems like. You know, conservatives align a lot more with military. I'm not saying liberals are not patriotic, but it just seems like 
when it comes to military programs are usually a lot more harsh. So, well, um, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure we have liberals, conservatives listening to this, and um, <laughs> you know, it, it it is what it is. There's a whole lot of shit we don't all align with. Yep. Well, and this, <laughs> so, and this isn't a political podcast, yeah, it's so not. you know what. We're all people that love aviation, so I didn't say we're all Americans because we want this thing to be listened to worldwide, so That's right. welcome, world. That's right. In France, I'm... I would say, tout le monde. <laughs> I was just... Bienvenue. <laughs> I was just merely pointing out the fact that when there is a Democrat or liberal in the White House... They don't focus on defense as much as right. a Republican or conservative. So no matter what side of the fence you're on, misguided or not, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad right now that we actually have a president in office here in the United States. And I know there's all Trump haters out there, love, whatever. Love him or hate him, he's doing things that has never been done in the history exactly. of the United States or the world before. He's, he's, I mean, look, he was just in North Korea. I mean, I mean, not in North Korea. He was well, in Singapore yeah. meeting with right. um, Kim Jong un. Uh, <laughs> Kim Jong un. <laughs> well, let's, let's just hope that uh, we'll hold his uh, word on, on exactly. what he agreed to. So, so. that's historic. And, and our, our president has been bolstering up the military again, which I think we need to do. And uh, part of that, of course, are some of these Air Force programs that we thought just a couple of years ago were all going to be canceled. I mean, yeah. they were saying that the F-35 project was in jeopardy of being canceled. They... Um, Stop making the F-22 Raptor. And Way too early. And, exactly. and, and we can add that that was during a Republican presidency, too. That was Secretary of Defense, if I can recall, Dick Cheney. Right. And he actually canceled the uh, F-22 program way too early where it was less than uh, 200 aircraft manufactured where the Air Force wanted like 400. Yes. Really. And and now, I mean, there's been all kinds of talk about how the Air Force needs more F-22 Raptors and how it would just be way, way, way too expensive to restart the production line. Um, but there actually could be ways that some of those aircraft like the F-22 could be restarted and it was an interesting article that i read um japan is going to put out um a request for proposal for a new um air superiority fighter mm -hmm. and there was talk that lockheed martin was going to offer a uh, a hybrid of the f-22 raptor and the f-35 lightning too Oh, no way. That'd be awesome. A hybrid? In, in the F-22 uh, uh, airframe platform. Really? So is it, is like, Toyota going to be a part so, of it? So I was going to say, is it going to be the Zero Series 5? Anyway, it'll be sorry, it'll sorry. be the Prius 4. <laughs> yeah, no. X-Ray Golf <laughs> India hybrid. Those, uh, anyway. Oh, dude, <laughs> just shut up. Let me finish the story, for God's sake. I don't even know how the hell Toyota got into this. Okay, I'm talking F-22s and F-35s, and you're going to Prius, so what the hell? I don't understand You said that. it was the airframe. So, so anyway, so, uh, so some industry experts are actually saying that could be a way for the U.S. Air Force to get an updated F-22 Raptor. Cool. Because at this point... 
um, you know, they could take the F-22 airframe and just throw all the new electronics and, and technologies that have been developed for the F-35, right. which in some ways surpasses the F-22 uh, just because it's newer technology. Mm-hmm. So if it's a if it's a hybrid, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to call it. Because so if you take 22 and 35, you add them together, that's 57. <laughs> Divide by two, what is that? 23, 27, 20, 26 and a half. So it'll be the F26 and a half. Um, the Raptor Bolt three. I will say a raptor would look pretty cool with the with the Japanese flag on the tail on each side. That would look pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, that oh. that red the, wait, the, like, wait. sunrise. They could call it the F twenty six and a half Viper, and then when you see it in the sky, we can all go, "Holy shit, it's Viper!" <laughs> anyway, sorry. So anyway, no, that would be cool. But wouldn't it? But wouldn't it make more sense to restart? a program that is already been in place the tooling i'm sure i'm sure they didn't throw all the tooling away you know what i mean well or no, recycle they, they it, stored but, at davis month and but, right but, but wouldn't it be easier to start it back up than it, to than to start at square one even if you're doing a hybrid between the f-22 and the 35 but to just go ahead and start that up again and said i have to start from scratch and develop a well, brand new I, I fighter think, i think the argument is it it has to be an upgraded version if you're going to spend the billions to restart a production line and that's why it would be like an f-22 with all the f-35 electronics and companies. okay well that makes sense yeah and, and i think that's the avionics i, I think stuff. that's what they would what they would actually do because i mean the raptor i mean you see russia developing their you know su-57 mm-hmm. you know you've got the chinese with the i think it's called the j-20 um you know you've got some of these these countries trying to match what the raptor can do but i mean the raptor can still kick their ass it's still weird oh it's, yeah it's still weird to think that the raptor has been around for so long. oh yeah well yeah. the first flight of the yf-22 i believe was in 91 yeah, yeah. like you so, see, when you see one fly, you're just like, "How has this thing been around this long?" But well, I know. pretty impressive. You know, the F one seventeen that doesn't fly anymore. Right, I mean, its first flight was like in the seventies. It's like, wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, they're flying all through the eighties in, in secrecy, and and it was first used in combat in eighty nine down in Panama, right? Yep. Wasn't that there? Geez, I, that's something you would definitely know, yeah. you guys. I. I yeah, know and, that, but and that's awesome. that was the first time. Well, a lot of people think the first time the F one seventeen was used was in uh, uh, Desert Storm. Oh uh, yeah, and but, it wasn't. But it, yeah, but it was used, yeah. like in an actual yeah combat. combat in combat, if you Google it, it'll it'll show you that I believe it was it was Panama. But oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, gosh, and all these aircraft are like Lockheed Martin. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously the best at developing, you know, fifth generation fighter. Um, but uh, would you I'll, say they have a plethora? <laughs> plethora. <laughs> well, I, I remember watching um, a thing on it was like A and E or something like that, and it was about the the battle for the contract when they were making the F thirty five between yeah. like the, Boeing, Boeing and, and Lockheed. wasn't it called the Joint Strike Fighter uh-huh. or something? Yep. And yep, and and Lockheed Martin, and it was a really cool series, like just to show like how much money these companies spend trying to win the contracts, right? And, and the different versions, the different they versions, have to, to yeah. And and you know, even though 
obviously I love Boeing. I will say after watching that that I do think the the Lockheed Martin version was a little cool. I mean, yeah. the well, Strike Fighter looked cool. I just thought maybe the intake was too big. I well, don't know. here here's the thing. You know, Bo- Boeing actually their final Joint Strike Fighter design was actually going to be more of a conventional instead of the Delta Wing design that, oh, that they really? did. And the concept art on what they were going to develop was actually pretty badass and a little bit more like futuristic looking okay. than the Lockheed design. Um, but the Lockheed design at the time was just way more uh, flexible. I mean, the Lockheed, I was listening to the uh, Skunk Works podcast, which mm-hmm. is actually awesome. I, I've listened to all of them so far. Um, and if you guys out there want another really cool aviation podcast, that one's pretty badass. But they were talking about the Joint Strike Fighter program and how they, they actually um, built uh, the A model um and uh and and a c model and then down the road when they had to prove that they could do you know the vtol version um for the marines um they actually converted the a model to the vtol version just with the same airframe and so it's like it just shows like like how innovative they were and and how prepared and I i think that's probably why boeing lost that competition because they didn't even test the aircraft that they wanted to end up like offering the Air Force oh, in the really? end. I'm guessing when you say VTOL, that has something to do with the vertical takeoff. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. verti- right. yeah, vertical takeoff and landing. That's right, VTOL. Oh, okay. VTOL. I knew and there then, was and then, some sort and then of acronym. And then there's the the, the Stovall, which is the the short, short takeoff take and vertical landing. Yes. So, and <laughs> yes. I guess it's more Stovall than yeah, it is they, VTOL. They, yeah. So I might have misspoke, but um, because typically. You know the the Marines when when they're have their aircraft loaded up for combat, it's it's a short takeoff instead yeah. of vertical because it's just right and they're weighed down like crazy. Right. It's a little yeah. stubby carrier. <clears throat> um, <laughs> do you remember the design or the pictures of the YF twenty three? Oh yeah, I love the Black Widow the design too. of that. That oh, was yeah. so awesome. I for wish that could have. I don't remember that. I'll come to, to light. Up, so it kind of looked like a Raptor a little bit, but if I remember the tails. It well, had it was, the twin it was tails. Definitely a Northrop. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, yeah. it looked. It looked just like a cousin to the Raptor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was, I, I just I liked it. Had sleeker curves. I it guess. Did. Well, and but, and during that competition, which was the ATF, the Advanced Tactical mm-hmm. Fighter, between that and the F twenty two, well, the YF twenty two and YF twenty three, but the um, the YF twenty three actually was stealthier. Mm-hmm. and faster than the f-22 but the f-22 was more lethal uh in maneuverability um and it had thrust vectoring engines mm-hmm. uh where the yf-23 didn't uh, okay. um Which, I'll, I'll tell you what if if uh any of you out there listening or i mean if both of you out there listening have not <laughs> no, seen i think we're up to four yeah, we're, are we? we're up okay. to a handful all right um, Alex, I know you're listening. So. If you guys, if you guys have not <laughs> seen an F-22 demo, wow! Yeah, oh yeah, you need to see one. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Even yeah. the F-35 demo is pretty amazing well, too. It, yeah. It's one of those things that I'll never forget the first time I saw it. Like you yeah. just see some of the stuff it's doing up in the air, and you're just like, "What the?" It's... Wasn't that down in St. George? Well, no, show you, no I, you, you remember the Hill Air Force Base Air Show years that ago? That was the first time I saw. Yeah, it. right, right when the right when the Raptor was like uh, entering its its um, 
its initial operational capability. Mm -hmm. um, there was air show at Hill Air Force Base up here, and there were Raptors there. And there was a Raptor that took off, mm -hmm. and, then it, and then it went off into the distance. <laughs> and it was like it was like way behind the show, like way yeah. up there. And he was yeah. practicing he, all these yeah. maneuvers. Yeah. Oh, that wow. was the first time. So what you're talking about, Tony, and maybe it wasn't this time. The first time I saw it fly, it just uh -huh. did. Oh, okay. A couple of flybys, yeah. but the first time I actually saw it perform was definitely up at Hill that the, one time. The first time I saw an, an actual full demo, I must have missed that show at Hill Air Force Base. But yeah, you must have. It was the first time that the Blue Angels performed down in St. George. Yeah, I yeah, remember I that remember air shot. That, yeah. I was, I was. There we were too. all there for that, and we got to see the F twenty two demo. I got to see it like four times because I lived right by the airport. Yeah, so it was like doing all these aerobatics, like almost right over my house. It was so, pretty sweet. So let's just kind of, I don't, I guess I don't need to say segue into air show, and let's uh, let's just kind of tell <laughs> these couple of listeners um, <laughs> that we're gonna. What we're going to be doing up there at, at Hill Air Force Base and for at the air show, like as far as yeah, we're we're going to be there. We're going to be uh, interviewing people um, we got at the our show. Press, in. press passes. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Media credentials and all. We that. got our street cred, baby. And uh, <laughs> we'll be taking photos. Um, we'll be interviewing performers. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got some some good questions that we'll ask. To the crowd that we're not going to go into because it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> yeah. make sure you're at the air show at Hill Air Force Base uh, both days um, and look for us. We'll be wearing our Ramp Check uh, podcast gear. Uh, you might see a B-Sob hat or two wandering around, but uh, come <laughs> up to us and say hello. Um Oh yeah, we got some stickers. We'll and uh, we'll uh, podcast stickers. Uh, we'll give you five or ten bucks if you let us autograph something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, no, <laughs> you can take care of that. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, and then we'll we'll post some pictures as well at on our uh, social media at Rampcheck Global. Um, yeah, we'll just kind of post some pictures of our our event and what we're doing, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. So if you see us, definitely say hi. It'll, it'll be sticker worthy if you do. Yeah, and, and not only the, the Thunderbirds, <laughs> sticker-worthy. Uh, where are you going with that? I don't even know. In other know. words, if you say hello, we'll give you a sticker. <laughs> um, but the uh, as we were talking about before and talking about fifth-generation uh, fighters and capabilities and competitions and all that, well, you know, as you know, Hill Air Force Base you know, has a bunch of F-35s because they're the first operational base for combat F-35s. Um, there's going to actually be like an air-filled uh, attack demo by F-35s. Oh, so that cool. should be pretty cool. Oh, so the F-35s yes. are the aggressors? Yep. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be way it's cool. It's going to be cool. And I don't necessarily think that they're pretending to be aggressors from another country. They're just going to show how we're going to bomb the shit out of somebody else's airfield if they're messing with us. And uh, that should be cool. So if you're listening in another country uh, and you want to see how you're going to go down... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, North, yeah, North Korea, pay attention because if you're going to go back on, on what you agreed to, yeah. um, you know. We'll let's... have a textbook demo of, uh, <laughs> yeah. no. Um, so uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on, and I talked to you guys about this earlier, is I want to talk about uh, aircraft refueling. 
Oh, okay. So we'll spend a few minutes on that, and uh, I know Ryan's got a little segment as well that uh, uh, that so we're going to we'll chat about. Yeah, we'll do that near the end as well. But um, okay, first thing I'm going to ask you guys the your most favorite plane to refuel, and it can be overwing no, or no. single point. It's aircraft. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? I don't like fueling any of them. <laughs> Shit. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so favorite favorite aircraft fuel, and what else was that? Just it can be either overwing or single point. So now for those rookies out there, let me give you a little little course on fueling. Overwing <laughs> is when you're holding a nozzle, kind of like what you would fuel your car with. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a little uh, cap, a little cap that you take off, and you're holding the nozzle. Over the wing, hence overwing, um, or gravity fueling. I guess you could call yeah, it that it as well. And but it doesn't have an automatic shut off like your car, so. right. right? So you got to be there, paying attention. So when it's zero and you degrees can't... out and windy, and you're freezing your ass off, you have to actually watch what you're doing. You can't just yeah, don't jam that nozzle valve and... open because I've I've seen dumbasses do that, and they spray that shit everywhere. And that not only is that dangerous, but oh my gosh. It gets you sick. It's disgusting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and don't call or don't uh, don't leave the nozzle inserted in the uh, the the fuel port and go check your meter. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Um, so that's overwing, and then single point. Um, you know, you'll. It's most common that. If you don't work in the aviation industry and you're listening to this podcast, which congratulations and welcome, um, when you're flying, aviation's beautiful. <laughs> when you're when you're flying commercially, you'll see them with that big thick black hose hooked mm-hmm. up to the aircraft. Yeah. So that would be single point or yeah. pressure fueling. Okay. So well, favorite aircraft to fuel either overwing or single point. Well, I guess I'll start then. Uh, well. Nothing over wing is my favorite to fuel just because there's a chance of you getting it all over you, all over the ground. Even if you're careful, sometimes the little flaps in there, like I can't tell you how many times you're fueling, you're looking at the meter, you're looking, and you look away oh, for that second. Over. And you move oh. the angle of the nozzle and the flap kind of closes and it just sprays oh, and gets so yeah. no overwing. Um I'm going to go from a line service perspective of just saying the easiest aircraft to fuel, meaning there's rarely any issues, it doesn't spill fuel, you just get a gallon amount, you go, is probably any of the Gulfstream models, the G2s, the G3s, the G4s, and up, um, um, even the G1s, even though those are a little older, but I only fueled one of those, I think it was Warren Buffett's, right? I don't I think remember that's who, who's I, I think Warren Buffett's was the one I fueled. Oh, He's you know, you know the one G1. I fueled was uh, owned by um, um, the Vegas performer uh, uh, Wayne Newton. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he flew up to Provo because he was looking to buy that F twenty eight that Novell the, flew all the time. The Folker. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. But, so and that's that's when I met. Um, okay, Wayne Wayne Newton and. Yeah. Listen G1. to the names we're naming. Who owns the G ones? That kind of dates. Them, <laughs> Did but you uh, Warren Buffett, Wayne Newton? So uh, when when you fueled Warren Buffett's plane, did you ask him if he wanted to go out to lunch and grab a cheeseburger in Paradise? <laughs> oh wait, that's oh, Jimmy that's Buffett. The wrong. <laughs> that's your, that's I was gonna say. Buffett. I thought you were saying. Did know, you ask if he wanted to go to a buffet? <laughs> that's where I thought you were going with that. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> why don't you fly out the window? They got a great buffet out there. Wow, Buffett could have upgraded his aircraft a long time ago. I would ago. say, why yeah. Why is he rolling around in a turboprop? Yeah. He'd have his own, like, uh, uh, 747 executive. I think it was just more of a n- nostalgic thing. It was probably one like, of the first aircraft yeah. he bought. And, wow. you know, he's old school, but... Yeah. All so right. I, I would just say the Gulf Streams. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, those there's are, not those a whole lot cool. you have to do with panels, um, fueling panels and switches, and that, I mean there is some pre-checks um, on there, but everything's easy access. Um, the access to the, ho- the pilots always just give you an amount. Ninety-nine percent of the time, you don't have to worry about Prist. It's like you knew if you got a Gulf Stream order, it was gonna be easy and seamless so yeah. from a service perspective i love doing the, the any of the gulfstream models because they were easy what about you aaron Jeez, you know the whole time i'm i'm thinking and i mean i agree with ryan like overwing um is not not a lot of fun i mean i will say i guess the best overwing is like fueling maybe like a bell 407 or something where it's not well, unless you over have to the top wing. It off, though. Well, if you have to top it off, yeah, and you have to be really careful because it, it can tank, it can load uh, load up fast and fill up right. and spill over. But and I we'll, don't know, we'll I, touch I guess, on least favorite as well. Yeah, so. I guess a helicopter. But um, gosh, you know, I field so many, and to me, like most like single point, it's it's pretty like easy. Like I mean, a lot of military. Uh, I fueled. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I don't know. I'd I'd say one of the coolest aircraft to have fueled is like a C five Galaxy. I that's mean, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. pretty cool. I mean, you know, you pull up and it's a huge ten thousand gallon truck that's huge, but yep. it's tiny compared to that. And then they kneel the aircraft, so like it's like the fuel port comes to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Right. Pretty much. But I don't know. I mean, I, gosh, that that's really hard to. I mean, I can remember. You know, first working in the industry and fueling like litter jets, like litter twenty threes and twenty fours, and and that's always pretty easy. Yeah. You know, you just fill the Go fuel in the tip in the tip tank, and, and yeah, that was always cool like and fun. It starts about chest level, and yeah. then you're done. It's Slow down by your belly down. button. Yeah, and that's no joke. You got to make sure you go back and forth. I know exactly. So. Um, gosh, I don't know. I guess me, it's more about the cool experiences and not right. my favorite. Like, yeah. I mean, I remember fueling DC-3s just like, you know, you did for Majestic Tony. and That'd probably go in my least favorite category. I don't know. But, I, um... Just being up on the wing and, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's all about the experience, I guess, yeah. for me yeah. out on the ramp. And so, I don't know, C-5s, uh, you know, fueling a C-5 was cool. Um, I did fuel... Uh, uh, Boeing's uh, new triple seven three hundred ER when they very first came out, that they they flew the aircraft out for hot weather desert oh, testing. Really? That's awesome. Down at, down at Phoenix yeah, Mesa Gateway see, Airport. But you see, you're supposed to just name your favorite. Gosh, yeah. I know. Because now, now you're just naming all the planes. That well, you I'm naming like. all the cool ones that I did. So <laughs> anyway, all right. That was kind of going to be one of my questions too. Go. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I would have to say my favorite, uh, probably because I've refueled the most. Uh, of these would be the 737, uh, probably the three to 500 variant, just mm-hmm. because um, when I worked out in Oklahoma City at AAR Aircraft Services, um, we had the contract with Southwest for their fueling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also did that up in Salt Lake City when I worked for Hudson General. We had the Southwest um, 
the contract. But it was crazy because, you know, that's when Southwest was advertising their 20-minute turn times. Oh, yeah. And so it's like I'm standing there with the hose over my shoulder. I've got the, uh, I've got the grounding cable in one hand. And as soon as that thing – and I'm, I'm sitting, like, right on the outside of the envelope. Yeah. The ground service or the, you know, the aircraft envelope. And uh, as soon as that engine shuts down, I'm like sprinting to the aircraft, opening up the panel, hooking up the single point. Well, hooking up the grounding first, then the single point. Here's the little drills. And then you, and then, right? And then I have the dead man switch too, you know. But, um, and uh, no, that was pretty cool. I hated fueling the 700. That's not my least favorite. I'm going to get into that. But the problem was, <laughs> is the wing was just like like maybe a foot higher. Mm-hmm. So I had to use a step stool to get to that one. I was just barely not not tall enough. But I'd say my favorite uh, would be the 737. That's cool. Yeah, well, so, yeah. I, uh, yeah, and that definitely... <laughs> dates the years because now they definitely wouldn't let you sit there in a fuel truck parked while the plane parked now all the regulation is oh you gotta you gotta wait until the plane parks and wait till all the rampers pull their stuff up and then you can pull the fuel truck in well but that was procedure now unless you were using a hydro cart which no we we didn't have a hydrant um no we had the fuel truck right up it was just parked yeah. right outside the envelope. They still yeah. had the wing walkers and no, I know. I'm just saying, else, like but, now. Well, but but the airlines. funny thing is, is with all the other airline contracts we had, mm-hmm. that was our procedure to wait until. But I think that maybe we had an exception, or there was a special procedure that was exclusive to Southwest because we needed well, to facilitate those twenty it, it minute turns. It varies the airports too because I'm like, sure like some airports you still de-ice at the gate. Yeah, right. Which like, is weird. Which because... is weird because, like, any you know, Salt Lake where where I've de-iced and everything, like you have to go to the de-ice. You used to be now. able to do it. Yeah, right? you used to be able like, to. Exactly. When I first started out there, but now oh, no, everything's that. designated yeah. areas and yep. drains and. Yep. Okay, yeah. least favorite, Ryan. Oh well. <laughs> least we might actually or have a consensus I, consensus on this. Should I be one. like? Aaron and name like five least favorites. Hey, do it. There's a whole bunch, but I know mo- what my absolute give, least favorite. I'll just is. give top two. That's okay. all I'll do. All right. Top two, number one, and you two. Damn it, that was mine. Because <laughs> of the ratio of fuel for tipping, and it's up high. You got to be on a ladder. You have it, to depressurize the, the tip tank. Uh, everything. Before. There's nothing about it that makes it. Yeah, I think when you when you go to friendly. when you go to refuel an MU two, you might as well just plan on taking a bath. Yeah, seriously, because <laughs> it's gonna happen. No matter how careful, how slow, how methodical right. you are, you're gonna take a bath in Jet A. Well, and thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, when I worked the line, there were very few MU twos I came in contact with. Yeah, just but- because. They started phasing them out. A they lot. really did. Yeah. yeah, they there were a lot of them that were having a lot of incidents and icing conditions. And yeah, I that... remember when I first started out at Salt Lake International, there were three owners of MU twos, and over fourteen years, there was only one still standing after because the other two crashed. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah. that. Just like the uh, just like the ATR, um, the and, uh, and some icing. Yeah, yeah. the the MU two is not well, an icing friendly aircraft. And you should have seen. The lengths guys would go to because there was one MU2 on the field and everyone knew it was in a hangar down what was called Corporate Row. Yeah, I remember. And the name of the company, which I I won't say, (laughs) anytime 
that radio call came out all of a sudden. All the my pens crew, all the pens came out. No, they wouldn't even play pens. I would walk in the line shack, and it was silent. And then I'd hear a cricket that's been living in there oh, for five years, gosh. you know. And I couldn't find anyone all of a sudden. But anyway, MU two second second would probably be either the old Diamond or the Beach Jets. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't fuel them fast. The openings have the flaps. They would always have it. It was always like yeah, was top the winks and like nine hundred million in the trunk. Yeah, but, no. you know it, those always took like twenty to thirty minutes to top mm-hmm. off, um, yeah. and you were generally most of the time you would spill doing the trunk tank. So right. I mean, I'd be sitting there filling out paperwork, my back to the guy doing the trunk tank. And all of a sudden, you would just hear that sound of fuel hitting the ground. You look back. You just knew. Oh, so anyway, yeah. those are my two least favorite. Aaron? Um, I would say the least favorite slash pain in the ass is a Cessna 208 caravan on floats. <laughs> because the top of the <laughs> wings... Did you even reach that? The top of the wings were seriously... It seemed like it was like as high as a 7. No, you're right. I... I have and, had to do a handful of those. Oh, and they yeah. are terrible. And yeah. and you can only fuel one each side. And so, yeah. you, you, you know, oh, you... Oh, yeah. Uh, any, anyway. You, that, the, the old Turbo Commanders, too, sucked. Because yeah. Because they oh, had those. that's right. They had that third tank that you had to fill that's right. so slow. That's but, right. Those... Yeah, those that that just reminded me of that. Pain but, in the ass. Um, And then I was thinking about uh, a single point aircraft that was a real pain in the ass and... And that would probably be a saber liner. Remember oh, yeah. those? Oh, the because, little buttons. Yeah, the buttons. Yeah. Like you had to hook up and you had to start fueling, and you had to have fuel pressure before you could hit <laughs> yes. the buttons, or else the valve wouldn't engage. Dude, and... Nothing about a saber liner <laughs> was know. the towing mechanism. Everything was. <laughs> right. I know. I just was wished every up. day they just outphased those. But they're kind of cool to see. But they are cool. The doors that open, like oh, I know. For the people to get out, the incline is like oh my gosh. And you remember the remember the. Very very first saber liners that had the really old turbo jets with like <laughs> yes. the, the the like the cross the, in front of the, oh, engine, I remember the that. intake and yeah. and, yeah. Uh, but in the later ones you know had the turbo fans yeah. the bigger higher higher bypass yeah. turbo fans but oh my gosh so yeah the, those those were a pain in so the since you guys took all of my least favorites well, you went last i know so, but sorry. but i concur with all of them <laughs> the mu2 so when i worked the line um, I fueled that damn MU2 a lot because Airmed had one. Mm-hmm. Was it Airmed? Yeah, it was Airmed. Yeah, I actually Airmed. Po- we no, we we put po- well. Lifelight ha- might have had yeah. some too, okay, but right. we had the Airmed okay. contract. Yeah, and, and, and I posted too, a picture huh? on oh, our Instagram yeah. of an Airmed MU2. We were constantly doing Back that then. thing. But I would say, so yeah, Lifelight had them too. I do okay, remember. Right. So I'll go to a commercial airliner. Um, and I want to say it was either the DC-9 or one of the first MD-80s um, because you had to use the drip sticks. Oh, um, yeah. Remember those? those? Yeah, oh, I do. Dude, well, oh, there there was... were even a couple airlines that would have you use those anyway. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 737-200 yeah. models because their gauges didn't work. Right, yeah. so he had to drip stick <laughs> so every damn one So explain what the drip stick is for people that oh, don't Jesus. have a damn clue. It's a stick that drips. <laughs> um, so <laughs> basically, the, uh, the drip sticks, they're in the bottom of the wing, and you have to unscrew them. And then when you you'll you'll 
you'll pull them down and they have little increments on yeah it's almost like uh it's almost like one of those little handheld tire gauges yep you know that you can see what what's in the tank but those things they call them drip sticks because they drip like crazy yeah yeah you get it all over when you unscrew them i mean they they actually like poke up into the tank so that right. you can see how much is in the tank exactly. and because and, the and, wing tips are higher yeah. and the fuselage is lower you can gauge how much fuel is actually in the aircraft right. by pulling those drip sticks yeah. down right. it's, a, it's a manual way of yeah. seeing what's in the tanks because mm-hmm. a lot of times in those older aircraft even though some of them um they, they have little analog gauges in, in the fuel panel, mm-hmm. but they weren't always accurate. Yeah, they So were. that's why you had to do that. Because um, for, for those of you that don't know or new to aviation, uh, fuel and weight and balance, it's all really critical. And so you have to know what's what's in those tanks. Right. Um, yeah. And where. And where yeah. it is. Exactly. You know, so, um, and, and I didn't have to do that on every single one of them. Oh, but the reason why I say that is because I'd say the majority of the time I've ever had to drip stick a tank, it was on a DC-9 or an <laughs> MD-80. Oh, man. Well, so, that, there's not too many aircraft where the dips, drip sticks were put in. Right. And so. that's true as well. The one cool thing, though, about refueling it, and I can't remember who it was that had this little DC-9 that came into uh, Oklahoma City all the time, but we'd have to fuel it. Um, and it happened on a lot of airplanes, a or a lot of aircraft. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> so when they fly, you know, I mean, they're up in the atmosphere, and it's it's super cold. You know, the temperature is, is uh, super cold, and the wings get cold-soaked. <laughs> what was that? It's super cold? It's cold. It's cold. It's freezing up there. But um, the the wings would get cold soaked. You know what I'm talking. Shut the hell up. So the wings would get cold soaked. And explain what cold soak is. So the wings get really, really cold. (laughs) But it's so cold up there, and they're up there for an extended amount of time that the cold, you know, penetrates into the airframe. And so it's cold. The, The metal. Right, the, the, the metal airplane. gets super it's cold. The, with the fuel cold. gets yeah, super cold. Everything does. Everything gets like. Really and so cold. Oklahoma City is known for its high humidity. So on these high humid days, these planes would come in, and we'd be fueling them, and you'd be under the wing because you're at the single point panel, and it's a hot, humid day outside. But you're standing under the wing, and you're totally refreshed because the wing's just giving you a shower. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to stand in the landing gear wells of some airplanes. When they first on hot days, yeah, because you just go up under and you poke oh, you your head up in the landing it's and it's so just cool. cold. And you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Geez, I'm I'm actually surprised you guys didn't have to de-ice any of those old DC nines or something on a day like that. Because imagine, imagine the scenario: you get you know a really super cold soaked wing. Mm-hmm. It frosts over on the top and bottom, right? And it's it's a cloudy day, so the sun isn't melting the frost mm-hmm. off the top. I would imagine that there's probably been circumstances where that's happened. Well, and and typically though the the ambient temperature outside is above freezing. Yeah, it's right. above you know uh, right. zero but, but Celsius or five degrees so Celsius. Cold, but yeah, it can maintain and, yeah. some of that. Frost. And you know they're typically on the ground long enough that that'll all melt away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but True. no, I I know that you know one of the requirements for. Um, 
you know, that's, that's stated when you're de-icing or when you need to de-ice an aircraft is not just when it's snowing outside or yeah. there's visible precipitation and it's below, you know, 10 degrees Celsius or whatever. Um, but it's also when the wing is cold soaked. Right. Um, so maybe on a cold night, even right. though, you know, there's no precipitation, right. you still have to. Well, and especially uh, get the those wing. DC-9s and MD-80s. Oh, there, yeah. Gonna, you know, we, we went over this in, in a past podcast mm-hmm. where. You know, they really had trouble. Rough smooth, rough smooth, rough smooth. (laughs) Exactly. Of the ice and debris, you know, flying off the wing and being ingested um, in the engine. But but anyway, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's fun. We've been cool stories. A lot of stuff. I, um, we're kind of running long and we want Ryan to get to his segment. Well, maybe not, but <laughs> no, <laughs> we're getting no, to it. We're doing it. I'm we kidding, just have to go brother. a little over. That's okay. You can, you can stop really that game from that popping out in your forehead. <laughs> um, just uh, uh, while we're talking about fueling, of course, you know, be safe, be aware, follow the procedures, ground the damn aircraft, ground the damn truck. There's yeah. reasons why. Chalk your truck. Chalk your truck. Um, but uh, really quick, uh, just share a crazy refueling experience that oh, you guys have I, I had. got one that I can think of right off the top of my head. So down at Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport, we had the Marine Corps and their Aviate Harriers come in all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, when you fueled a Harrier, we actually had... Did it get kind of hairy? We actually had mm-hmm. um, these huge um, garbage buckets that we would need to bring out to the aircraft because there's a fuel vent Mm -hmm. that's like right off of like near where the fueling panel is and so you uh you had to you had to have that there because a lot of times the harriers they um well not i would say not a lot of the time but there was a big enough risk to where the automatic shutoff valve would not turn off and so (laughs) one they invented pre-checks exactly so one night I was fueling a Harrier, you know, you press the buttons, the pre-checks, it shuts the valve off, the fuel flow stops, whatever. So I'm doing my checks and I'm fueling and, um, you know, they always topped them off. You know, you just fuel it as much as you can. And uh, that was topped them off, not tossed them off. Yeah. (laughs) Just, you're so gross. I was just thinking of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yama pulled you off. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> so sorry finish so anyway i was fueling and uh the automatic shutoff did not engage oh geez and it like the velocity of that fuel <laughs> coming out that vent was like i was like holy shit pressure, yeah. and and it was just 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 filling up that thing but the pressure it actually splashed all over me and I was just drenched in Jet A. I was sick and nauseous because of the smell. Oh, yeah. And it was absorbing in my body. And, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was awful. Luckily, the uh, F- FBO um, center where I was working actually had, like, a shower and everything. And, I, dude, I just... And th- that clothes. shit is hard to get off. I mean, yeah. it's so oily oh. and and it just sticks on you. But... I mean that that was uh, that was a shit show on that. So I have um, <laughs> that was crazy. on the top of my right leg, on top of my thigh. <laughs> okay, let's not go too far. No, I yeah, still I still have limited feeling on my skin from when I got soaked when really? I was fueling an MU two. Yep, oh, and geez. that was that was back in 
88, 89. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think that's normal, brother. (laughs) Well, it was was a lasting effect from it, so it's it's done. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ryan, your experience. Um, Trying to think if I should tell one that I saw or one I actually did. Um, I'll tell the one I saw. How about it? And I can talk about this because it was our competitor next door. Um, um, I remember coming into work one day. And seeing a 727 leaning on its tail skid. And I remember thinking it was so weird because you park out in front of the FBO. (laughs) And I remember coming down the road and you see the building. And I could just see the nose nose of the 27. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? That's awesome. Somebody's fired. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, it was back before camera phones and all that. So I didn't get a, a snap. But it wasn't us that did it. It was our competitor. And years later, I learned from a couple guys when they shut down, they came over to work from us that in the 727s, you can actually fuel all three tanks at one time, which are the wing tanks and the center tank. Mm-hmm. Center tank is the trunk tank, mm-hmm. which is right in the middle. And mm-hmm. you're never supposed <laughs> in to... In the ex- center? In the center? Yeah. You're never <laughs> supposed to exceed a certain amount in the center without a certain amount being in the wings. And right. apparently the guy that was fueling it, just all the fuel was going into the center tank and the wings were pretty much empty. And he just wasn't <laughs> oh paying attention. Gosh. And it... Creeped up, creeped up, and then just I imagine mean, being the fueler and watching that thing. Oh, tip. geez, it was <laughs> up in the air. And I, I would just, be horrified. I just remember looking out in the ramp and all the fire departments surrounding it and all that. But anyway, that was kind of funny. That was a a misfuel, but wow, that's a memory. Wow. So that's crazy. I I have tons. Oh of yeah, I've great. Got, I've oh, got dude, memories I, of fueling. I could go for hours. Oh, I could too. <laughs> Definitely, I could too. I I remember fueling. Um, well, let's for, not go for hours, though. We won't. We won't. <laughs> no, just it was just funny seeing the uh, the U.S. Marshal Service, mm-hmm. and you'd be out there fueling their planes, and you'd see the guards out there with their shotguns, oh, and then, yeah. then you'd see the prisoners in their chains and yeah. shackles oh, yeah. waggling it's up Nicholas to the Cage. airplane. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it really goes down. <laughs> yeah, all the line guys called that Con Air. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we yeah. did. So. The craziest story for me was uh, when I was in Oklahoma City at AAR, um, we had the American Airlines fueling contract. And uh, Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the toughest airports uh, weather-wise because they get so much weather in Dallas and they've got so much traffic. I mean, it takes... Mm-hmm. Um, you remember the Delta Airlines, the L-1011 crash down there. Yep. Yeah, because uh, it was caused by wind shear and microbursts, and they get that a lot when they get that weather. Yeah. So it shuts down frequently. Well, Oklahoma City is uh, 90% of the time an alternate airport for a lot of those flights. Well, this was a day, it was a nice quiet day in Oklahoma City, um, and uh, it was kind of <laughs> windy outside and cloudy, but nothing was really going on, but we got the call that DFW had shut down um, and that we were going to start getting aircraft. So I'm out at the fuel farm topping off our trucks. You know, we're bringing them all out there to make sure they're ready to go. And um, so the American Airlines, these MD-80s and uh, Fokker 100s just, I mean, they're just landing one after another. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There must have been at least a dozen of them out there. And we're going out to the planes and we're getting the fuel loads from the captains and we're fueling them as quickly as possible. And I look up and I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Well, 
one of Americans' triple sevens was landing. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And um, we weren't really equipped to fuel triple sevens. Um, yeah. uh, we could. We had we had you know one of those low profile fuel trucks that mm-hmm. had the lift on the back, you know, yeah, with yeah. the fuel hoses, and yeah. and I've done many DC tens with that and larger aircraft, but uh, so. Either the the actual truck was down for maintenance or the lift was. I can't remember, but I think it was the truck. So all we had was our smaller, higher profile truck, like a like a U-Haul with a fuel tank on it. <laughs> yeah. So we're having to get this triple uh, seven fueled, and we're trying to figure out how to do it and how to do it and. <laughs> Um, yeah, OSHA, if you're listening, this was a long time ago, and uh, there's sorry. Prob- there's probably no photographic evidence of this, so it could there's be a not- bullshit story. So, so I cannot confirm <laughs> nor OSHA. deny that this happened, um, but uh, so anyway, I have to get up on top of the cab of the truck, <laughs> And yeah. then I have to get one of those A-frame ladders up on top <laughs> of the cab. Like, sounds like the caravan on float story. I <laughs> right? Seriously. So, so I got I've got the other line guys out there, and I've got one on each side of the cab holding the the Jeez. legs of the ladder. <laughs> I'm up on top of the ladder. Granted, with the fuel hose, those yeah, things are which, heavy. Which weighs yeah, a lot. Easy, yeah. yeah. So, and then I have to get up on top of the ladder, the very top. <laughs> You know, the part that says, do not not stand stand. on... Yes, exactly. So I'm up there with the ladder, and I reach up with the hose, and I'm like an inch short. So I have to stand on my tiptoes, and finally I just took one of those lunges to try and get it, and I got the single point, got it hooked up, and then used it, and and then got it fueled. The wind's blowing, it's... Anyway, that well, was well. At least the awesome. fuel load probably wasn't that bad because they just had to make it, you know, back to Dallas Fort Worth. Well, but 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 the weather uh, called just... for them to have alternate airports, and guess where their alternates were again? Oklahoma City. But um, wow. and they they took on a lot of fuel because they're well, when an airport seven. Well, yeah, yeah, but when an airport closes down like that and they get multiple diversions, yeah, then once the airport finally opens up. They have to recover all those airplanes. Yeah, so, so lots of holding patterns. Exactly. So like instead that. of airplanes just coming in like they were filed, you know, yeah. in their flight plans with ATC from their destinations where they can just kind of, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, file them in on three different runways, you've got all these aircraft that might take off. So they might put in a ground delay program where they're going to have a predetermined <clears throat> time, but they still need to expect holding. Yeah, and the FARs require... Um, that when there's inclement weather at an airport or when uh, you're expecting holding from ATC or anything like that, you need to add the extra fuel to plan for that. I mean, that's in the FARs. <laughs> yeah, well, and, it's and see, required. So basically, they just take more fuel. Yeah, they just take more fuel. <laughs> but, so my, but it's calculated my how whole, much they my add. My whole explanation of at least, yeah, that's that's pretty much debunked. But so the cool thing about these the, the story, though, is is for those of you listening to this that really maybe aren't don't work in aviation or really aren't is there's a lot of things in place for safety and aviation is one of the most amazing uh technological achievements right. in in our lifetime and, and, and my story is not really and, the best example of safety yeah but, uh, well, but we tell them so but that right we we people can learn from mm-hmm. yeah i mean exactly and and but but like the the extra fuel and the holding and 
and to make sure there's plenty of extra fuel on the aircraft so if they have to divert again and i don't know my, my point is is that you know there's lots of um safety put into the flying public right and, and you should be proud of that exactly yeah, for sure but but anyway so yeah um, so cool well thanks for Thanks for sharing your uh, stories with so, us. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I believe Ryan, yeah, is going to yeah, help yeah, us kick off uh, one and, of our new segments. And, and we yeah. actually have no fucking clue what it is. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get rolling on it and see what All it right, is. So <clears throat> I thought I wish we had some game show music like. Anyway, um, so what I thought would be fun to do, and it was actually an idea I heard um, that was out there, is is I thought it would be fun to take uh, about 50 aircraft. Well, 48 to be exact, because I had to make the brackets work. Um, mm -hmm. And there's no rhyme or reason these 48 I came up with. What I honestly did... There we go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I don't have that voice. Okay. Welcome, one and all. To oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Thanks, brother, for that. Um, so this explains the text that you sent us last night yes, at, like, midnight. Yes. Hey, what's your favorite three aircraft? So I had them give their top... <laughs> everyone give their top three because there were ten aircraft, and I just added one, mm -hmm. that get a first round bite. I set a round-robin tournament up with these 48 aircraft. Where it's single elimination, almost like the NCAA tournament with mm -hmm. the brackets. Um, everything was completely random. I even did the whole old school thing where I I took the aircraft, I put them on pieces of paper, I cut them, I put them in a hat, I mixed them up. <laughs> Damn. And we'll I just pulled them to, out. And we'll I'm like, post a, post a picture on Instagram. F-15. And I write it down. And I felt like, you know, like in the World Cup too, when they do the draws, like... So and so is playing so and so, and anyway, so I made this board. That's um, a soccer it's reference not for those of you who didn't at all. get it. Um, and I'm going to show it to you guys for the first time. Okay, um, but and I thought it would be fun over a few podcasts to maybe go over this, and we can see <laughs> between the three of us. I'm going to wait before oh. I'm still explaining. But I was I'll, that was I'll your let drum you know roll. The okay, drum roll. all right, thanks. And then, um, <laughs> and then we'll just kind of go down and, and we'll see. Between the three of us, obviously a lot of it will be our opinion. Right. And we'll see what we think the best or favorite aircraft between the three of us is. Wow. Um, and some of these matchups, first round, are kind of hard. <laughs> oh, but, great. But, and here's the other thing. I didn't do anything pre-World War II. Um, so if you're listening and your favorite aircraft are like the Stearman or something, I'm sorry. I didn't do anything... Uh, <clears throat> On the, the rotor wing, with the exception of the V-22s on there, because yeah. I thought that qualified. Yeah. So this is all what I came up with. So if your favorite aircraft isn't listed on here, I apologize, but this is just kind of for entertainment purposes. Okay. So let me show you guys the brackets. There's the drum roll. <laughs> and there we go. Oh, oh there my God. Okay, so you can see we've got 48 aircraft on here. Wow. These aircraft all have the first round buys. Because they oh, were the favorites. Oh, these okay. were our favorites. Okay. Uh, Mine are in there as well. Okay. Um, and those were drawn at random as well. Okay. Brackets. So okay. some of these matchups are tough, but I think it would be interesting. <laughs> so should we maybe just do one region today or yeah. one, or yeah, first let's round do, let's, of all let, of them? Let's start, let's start with the top left bracket. Okay, we'll start yeah. top, top left bracket. And we'll take a picture of this and post it on. 
Okay, Instagram sounds or... good. And then um, maybe we'll just go into this okay. round. We can kind of just see how we are. Because that's got some tough ones. Ooh, and then here's tough. what I thought we would do is we would take turns going first because okay. sometimes uh-huh. the first two people might have the same opinion and then the third one if yeah. right they you know the third okay. vote could be the okay. deciding vote or if the first two have different right so, okay so let's, we'll go let's name name the name the aircraft on the bracket first so people know on the entire bracket well no on the first one that we're starting we're gonna we're gonna start with like the northwest division okay yeah. so northwest division these are the aircraft involved and then we'll all do the matchups and i'll kind of okay okay uh, facilitate all this so we've got the xb70 we got the 787, the Dreamliner. Okay, got... yeah, list these first, and then we'll list the buys, right? No? Well, I was just going to list okay. them all, and then we'll go, go head okay. to head. Sure. Um, then we got the F-117. We got the F-14 Tomcat, the Osprey, the C-5 Galaxy, the B-52, the F-35, the good old classic T-6, the B-2, both the Stealths ended up in the same bracket. Right. The Boeing 757 and the B-58 Hustler. Ooh, nice. So that's a tough bracket. Love what those. the hell? But those you'll are see awesome. they're all pretty tough. So they should have. You should have spread them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. So round one, and I'll I'll go first on this oh, one, and that then sucks. Tony, and then Aaron, and then we'll go back to me as far as going first. Okay. So this is how it's gonna work. First round matchup. <laughs> The Boeing 787 and the F-117. Oh, so this is very man. tough because I remember seeing the F-117 and thinking how awesome it is. The, the, the Dreamliner, if you've ever seen one or been on one, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make this pretty quick for me. Even though they're all of these aircraft are awesome, my gut is telling me i got to go with the F-117. So my vote, F-117. Uh, I, I would have to agree with that. It's the F one seventeen was a technological. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> there's there's it's only okay. there's it's, only three what, of us, so my voice doesn't even fucking count. Well, Ryan looked at me. <laughs> Ryan looked I'm at me kidding. first. I'm just kidding. So go why why the F one seventeen? Well, just I mean the technology that was I mean what it was designed to do. Good. That's the technology why we're doing this, into to talk it. About the aircraft and I mean and... the seven eight seven is I mean it's sad and all I gotta say is. <laughs> it's so hard because they're both just amazing. But I'd have to go the F one seventeen just because of wow. what, okay. what So it Tony, even and... though your vote isn't gonna matter on so this you particular don't, one. You don't think that the Boeing seven eighty seven is a technical marvel as well? I agree. The I first mean, aircraft the composite, that uses all composite I, I know. the avionics, the the interiors. Alright. Yeah, so Dude, but, but what would your whatever. vote be? What the would dream, you think my vote would be? Yeah, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven. Well, but the F-117 lives okay. to see another day. All so. right. <laughs> okay, let's go on to our next first-round matchup. Okay. The good old classic Top Gun F-14 Tomcat. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> against the uh, V-22 Osprey. Um, Tony, you go first on yeah. this one. Uh, it's time to buzz the tower. That's all <laughs> exactly. I can say. Um, of course, the F-14 Tomcat. Okay. That's all right. a given. I go ahead. I'd be surprised if it wasn't unanimous. Yeah, the 14 Tomcat. Yeah, okay. that is one of my favorites of all time. I like. Yeah, this absolutely. is this is a tough one in a sense of I remember the first time I experienced and dealt with an Osprey out of the airport yeah. and seeing They're those awesome. things. Oh yeah, land the, and the, the big blades, just how just how big they are and massive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a pretty impressive airplane, but I can't go against. 
add Top Gun. So yeah. F-14 it is. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Now, this one, uh, next first round, we go the F-35 against the, the good old classic T-6. Um, Aaron, you, you're first on this mm, one. You know, the T6 is cool. Uh, it's awesome. Whether it's the Texan 2 or the original T6. Yeah, this is you the know, original, Texan, I was thinking. With the big so. radial engine. I uh, love the sound of that. But, I mean, with the F-35, uh, it's hard to compete against the F-35 as, as awesome as it is. And so I'm definitely doing the F-35. Okay. So I guess I'll go next on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, this one might be a surprise, but I'm actually going to go with the T6. Really? Let me tell you why. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up, when I was really little and we'd go to an air show, you remember Bill Hunsaker and that T6 and that sound? Yeah. For some reason, when I see that aircraft or even when I just hear it fly, it's it's like nostalgia for me. It's like... That's cool. It's like, I love the F-35. I do. Like... It is an impressive. I do, I, I, do, do. I do, I do. It is an impressive aircraft. Yeah. But for me, if I'm just someone right now is like pick one, I think I would have to pick the T6. Just did you say of... pick one? <laughs> pick one. <laughs> oh, pick one. I thought <laughs> you said pickling. Seriously, I thought you said pickling. If I had to pickling, not... no. You guys listen. Jeez. Is that like is that like spooning or <laughs> tummy? Never mind. All right, uh, so I made this one tough. Okay. Well, not tough, but you're the deciding yeah. vote here. You didn't make it on. tough for me. F35 all the way. Sorry. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> F thirty five. You guys knocked out my seven eighty seven, so I'm knocking out your T six. Yeah. All right. All right. Well. All right. We're almost. We're we almost. One more bracket. Okay. Well, one more bracket. Unless we want to yeah. continue to hear to the fun. Well, we're yeah, already. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. Time. We'll see where we're at. Okay. Um. All right. Next first round opponent. We're going the good, good old classic B two. Okay. Uh, the stealth bomber. Um, what is the, the name? Spirit. Of the spirit. That's right. Yeah. Um. And I didn't write out all the names because okay. I was right. tired last night and I didn't want right. to. But um, goes up against the classic Boeing seven fifty seven. I guess I go first. Yeah. You should have right? put the P thirty eight and the F thirty five against. Yeah, see, the two I, lightning, lightning see, versus then lightning. I would be I would be yeah. using. Um, I know. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Oh, it's okay. Because then I would want to put even when I, I was know, writing right? this. I'm like yeah. I don't. Like on this bracket here, I don't want the XB70 and the B58 in the same bracket. Yeah, I know. I know. Or the, the C5. I know. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Um, well, the Northwest Division is just like the uh, Western Conference in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the toughest. Seriously. So, okay, go ahead. Um, you know, just thinking about, uh, I do love both of these because the 57 is my favorite airliner to growing up i love seeing yeah, it but, and i also love flying on them they're very comfortable but mm-hmm. i just think uh, you can't you can't look away from the b2 because it's such a cool looking aircraft I, i'm gonna yeah. go b2 for me on mm-hmm. this one yeah so that's cool that's my vote who's next um me or tony, tony okay go ahead so um the boeing 757 mm-hmm. in my opinion 
is the least comfortable passenger jet to fly. Is it really? I hate I flying on 757s. Yeah, I don't think it was uncomfortable. Oh, every, I've, I've, every time I've flown on one, it's been smooth. I've always had like the road to myself. So anyway, but you can... But see, so maybe that's just the yeah, experience maybe, because yep. my 757 experiences are have been like flying either to or from Atlanta. So... I mean, if if they didn't have to stick by like weight and balance and stuff, they'd be putting passengers up in the bins, sitting them in the labs, you know. But um, every time I've been full and I've just been just so constricted in there, so I've not. I I do. That's my least favorite one yeah, to fly. Okay, so what's your vote? Well, I so <laughs> pretty easy vote. Then. Having said that, the B two is one of my most favorite planes to fly. Oh, wait. No, I haven't. I've never done that. So, (laughs) no, I I have to agree with Ryan. Uh, The B-2 Spirit, I remember the first time I saw one of those fly was at an air show. It's amazing. It's um, eerie. Yeah, well, it it is because it came in and did a flyby. And you could see it off in the distance, and it's just, it's so quiet. You're like, is scary this, this going to, like, fire on us? Right. Well, yeah, it, 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 exactly. It looks yeah. like what a UFO should be. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which is probably what so, people would see yeah. back in the no, day. Oh, guarantee so. it. So, so yeah, I have to B2, go with B2, the B2. Yeah, and, uh, we're going to go unanimous okay. the yeah, B2. B2, B2 spirit. Right. Now, I think we should maybe even do... Yeah, we're... What do you think? So oh. what? this is my guess. What? What we should do. So we've got the Northwest Division done today, first round. Next podcast, we can do the Northeast Division. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. The first round. And then we'll just keep doing we'll just it. Keep doing and it. that way... Um, it's in, in the, in the broadcasting business, it's called a hook. (laughs) So that's gonna, if, if you want to find out how our brackets end up, then you're just going to have to listen to our podcast for like three months. So we got you hooked. (laughs) So, so don't forget to carry that big ass cardboard with you for the next three months. I did this old school, not (laughs) very technological, but I thought No, this, this is great. so. So let's just, let's recap real quick before we wrap up the podcast on the aircraft that made it through. Okay. And that are going to be competing in future podcasts uh, for just this Northwest Okay, division. so the F-117 made it through, beating out the Dreamliner, and it will face the XB-70 mm-hmm. next, next mm-hmm. round. One. Uh, the good old classic Top Gun Tomcat beat out the Osprey, and it will be facing the C-5 Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's going to be... Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> these are going to get pretty tough. These are tough, right? man. Um, the F-35 beat out the classic T-6, even though I was hoping for the T-6. <laughs> That's going to go up against the old B-52, the mm-hmm. Stratofortress, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what that one is? Mm-hmm. Um, the B-2 survived uh, Tony's favorite airplane. Um, <laughs> the 757, I don't think that even had a chance, but... And then uh, that will go. Ooh, that's a tough one. Look at this. The B two is going to go up against the B fifty eight Hustler. Jeez. So we got some tough ones okay. ahead, and this was cool. only round one. Right. So yeah. Um, so I'm glad that round two of the Northwest Division is uh, <laughs> about three weeks away because yeah, right. that's going to be a tough yeah, one. Sometimes. So. Um. So very cool. Uh, have you named the challenge? I haven't. So well, how about we uh, give us some suggestions? Uh, I uh, do um, at Ramp Check Global. And, yeah, just comment on one or, of our photos. Yeah, comment on one of our photos <laughs> and, and give us a name think. of the bracket or direct um, message. And uh, we'll 
we'll try and get some pictures of that soon. But uh, just a reminder, um, a week from Saturday, about 10 days away, we're going to be at Hill Air Force Base up in Ogden, Utah for the uh, air show uh, covering the Thunderbirds. We'll talk to you guys, talk to some of the pilots. Um, and so make sure you join us then. And then we'll be obviously putting some of that. Uh, round two of our bracket will happen on the next episode of the podcast as well. And um, Aaron, where can people find you on social yeah. media? So I'm at Aaron Rumfollow on Instagram, um, Facebook slash Aaron Rumfollow. Um, and then again, Ramp Check Global is at Ramp Check Global on Instagram and Twitter and slash uh, Ramp Check Global on Facebook. Uh, we're most active on Instagram, mm -hmm. and we post everything like on Twitter and Facebook too. But, but uh, yeah, find us on there. Um, we're always posting pictures. Um, you know, communicate with us. Send us direct messages. Uh, hashtag us. You know, Ramp Check Global or the Ramp Check Podcast or hashtag Ramp Check. Um, hashtag Bsob. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, just whatever but you know uh interact with us uh if you have suggestions or suggestions of a guest on on a podcast coming up uh we're gonna have some future uh guests on podcast um but yeah yeah look us up follow us and uh again rate our podcast give us five stars share it with mm -hmm. people um we just we love aviation we want to get uh word about aviation out there um i mean it's a huge passion of ours uh, aviation um, is what makes our life the way it is and the way it functions so effortlessly these days. So uh, we just, you know, want to get uh, um, that out to people and, uh, you know, respect and love aviation. That's what we're all about. Cool. Uh, and you can follow me, Tony, on um, Instagram uh, as well, uh, at TRumFollow. I'm also at TRumFollow on Twitter. Uh, and um, you can find me just Tony Rumfollow on uh, Facebook. Uh, once again, the Ramp Check podcast is available on um, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, and uh, of course um, uh, Apple Podcasts. Make sure that when you do uh, listen to our podcast, like Aaron said, rate us, give us a five star rating, help us bump up in the uh, in the search categories a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but more importantly, subscribe to our podcast yeah, and share it with your friends. Uh, get the word out there. We've we've had some excellent feedback from uh, both of you. I mean, all four of you that are listening. <laughs> um, and uh, we'd, we'd love to have more listeners and we'd love to uh, interact with you guys as well. And uh, that's it for me. And uh, youngest brother, here you go. At Rum Follow Me and good day. <laughs> that's it. <laughs>